0: Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau.
1: Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Today, I would like to continue the message on the love of God. How many people have been blessed by the message on the love of God? I don't know about you, but the message really impacts my life, has changed my life a lot, how I walk on earth here. You know, as a preacher, sometimes you think that you just come up and preach to people, but actually the message really ministered to me, and I repent and I change. I see the Christian walk in a different perspective. I love the Word of God so much. I really want God's people to really know the Word and practice the Word of God. Let's pray and ask God to teach us. Father, we come to you with a humble heart. We are hungry for the Word. We know, Lord, the Word of God is so precious, and we want to cling to your Word. We know that, Lord, when we believe in your Word, And practice the word, we shall be blessed, we shall be strong, and we will be used by you, Lord. We ask the greatest teacher, the Holy Spirit, to speak to the church today. The real teacher of this teaching is the Holy Spirit. We ask the Holy Spirit to open our spiritual eyes to see what heaven wants to teach us today. And we want to be doers of your word. Thank you, Lord in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I would like to review a little bit from the previous teaching. First Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 to 5. Again, God wants us to walk in love. God is love, and as the children of the loving God, we want to walk in love as well. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 to 5, the Bible gives us the definition of love. In fact, I got saved by reading this scripture. The definition of love in the Bible is the best, it's right on. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parrot itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own is not provoke thinks no evil. Last time we learned that as we walk in love, we will put up with other people's mistakes and still treat them kindly, lovingly, with a sweet voice and sweet face to people. We will not be rude to people. We will not demand people. We will not rude to the server in the restaurant or rude to our husband and our wife and brother and sister around us. But today the message I will emphasize on this sentence love does not seek its own love does not seek its own in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 24 the apostle paul says let no one seek his own but each one the others well being notice the word seek This is the real situation in our life. We are still living in the physical body or the flesh. And the flesh is not born again. Our flesh still have the sinful nature. So if we are led by our flesh, every morning when we wake up, we're going to think about self, me, me, me. What do I want? What can people do for me? What I don't have. What other people can bless me? Me, 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 me. So as a Christian, we should not be carnal. Carnal means the flesh. We should not walk by the flesh. We should allow the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and the love of God dominate us and move us every single day. And as we allow the Holy Spirit and the love of God control us, we will not think about ourselves any longer. Do you know that the Jesus said, if you love your own life, you will lose it. In other words, if you live for yourself, you're going to think about how I can make myself happy. And as you walk that way, selfishness, self-centeredness will definitely cause you to have a miserable life. Selfishness makes people unhappy. It doesn't help you to be happy. Because every time you wake up, you're going to think about me, myself. When people are going to come to serve me? When people are going to drop things on my lap? And why don't they call me? Why don't they email me? Why don't they do this for me? And if you keep thinking that way, you're going to be miserable, unhappy, upset, and bitter all the times. You cannot sleep well because you think about yourself. But love, think about what can I do to bless other people? Love, say What can I do to bring benefit to other people? And when you can do that, you will be very joyful and happy. Every day you wake up, the love of God in you will cause you to be caught up in seeking to benefit other people to the point that you don't even think about your own need and what other people have to do for you. And you leave your problems and your care upon the Lord and let the Lord take care of you. I have been living like this for many years now since I become a pastor. I think about other people. I don't think about my own life. But God still takes care of me. Therefore, as we walk in love, we don't need to have a depressed day. We don't need to be depressed. Christian don't need to be depressed. Christian don't need to live in fear. We don't allow depression to come in. We say, you cannot come in here. I'm going to be joyful. I'm going to be happy. Amen? And as we walk in love, and in the worst case scenario, everything goes wrong and we die. We still go to heaven because we have salvation. We have faith. Our name is recorded in the book of life of the Lamb. We live on earth with victory. We are the victor, not the victim. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Victory has been bought by Jesus Christ. So as we walk on earth, we live a life of victory. We are the victor. We are the overcomer. But the devil is the absolute loser. His power has been stripped by the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross 2,000 years ago. But the devil will try to lie to the church. Oh, I'm still powerful. And you're gonna lose. I'm gonna win. Don't listen to the lie of the devil. We are more than conquerors. Everyone say, We are more than conquerors. We are the victor, not the victim. Jesus has bought victory for us. And even we die, we still have victory because we're gonna live in heaven for eternity. We will have a big mansion in heaven. And live there without sickness and disease and without tear and sickness and poverty anymore. We're going to have victory. Amen? So Christians don't have any depressed day. We should believe in what the Bible say. And as we have that attitude, we trust in God, we live for God, we live in the love of God, then we can begin to think about other people and bless other people. We have the crowd of righteousness in store for us in heaven, and we're going to run the race to the end. That's why Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 to 8, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crowd of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have love His appearing. Everyone point to yourself, I'm part of the all. God is preparing the crowd of righteousness for you. Therefore, you should not be depressed. You should know, hey, I have inheritance. I live for God and God is on my side. Amen? First Corinthians 10, 31, the Bible says, therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do all to the glory of God do you notice that you never find this scripture in the bible thou shall not shoot heroin or take cocaine thou shall not smoke crack thou shall not watch pornography in the internet you never seen those scripture in the bible If you do those things, we still love you. And God still loves you. And we will never condemn you. But it's foolish to shoot heroin, smoke, crack, take drugs, and watch pornography. Because number one, those things do not glorify God. If you think that to take drugs and get addiction will glorify God, I will not argue with you, It's between you and God. You talk to God, whether those kind of actions will glorify God or not. But number two, that is my big concern, is that if you do those things, you're killing yourself. Because sin causes corruption and destruction. When you take heroin or drugs, it will ruin your brain cell, and you're going to die sooner. So if you love yourself, you don't do those things that will cause damage to you and will not glorify God. When you come to church, you don't need to be perfect and say, oh, I'm holy, I'm perfect. That's why I come to church. No, you can come with baggages. You can come with problems and all the bondages and sinful nature with you. That's okay. We love you. This church don't practice condemnation. Amen. We don't condemn you because God never condemns you. But we believe God can set you free. We believe that God can take you out of that bondage. And by the word and by the file of God, you can be free from depression, be free from drug addiction, from pornography, from all the bad habits and sinful lifestyle. So you can come here as you are, but I can guarantee if you are here wrong enough, you will not be the same. Amen? You're going to start to live your life to glorify God. Amen? Amen? God wants to change you. God wants to strengthen you. God wants to mature you so that you can go out and start to do good things to other people and love other people, like what the Bible says. Don't seek your own, but seek to benefit other people. That's why you need to live a life to glorify God. Let's look at certain scripture in the Bible regarding not seek your own. Philippians chapter 2, verse 17. Yes. And if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Everyone say glad. Rejoice. Philippians chapter 4 verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Philippians chapter 2 verse 19. I'm going to come to the conclusion after I read these three scriptures. Passage of the scripture. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. These scriptures were written by the Apostle Paul. What was his physical state when he was writing this scripture? His physical state was that he was in jail. He was in jail. Did he cry? Did he complain? What was his spiritual state? His spiritual state was he was glad, he was joyful, and he was caring about other people's state. He did not write the letter. Poor me, I cannot take this anymore. Your guy live in a nice house, but I'm living in jail. I'm locked up in jail right now. Poor me, can you sympathize with me? Can you cry for me? I cry every night. I have a bad dream every night. No. Paul was a man of faith. He rejoiced even though his physical state is in jail. And he said, he sent Timothy to those brothers and sisters to find out how they were doing. In other words, Paul, with the love of God inside him, he did not think about himself. How bad the stage, how who he is, how tough, how hurt he has to face, what kind of difficulty he has to face. Love seeks not its own. What it means is that you don't talk about your own problem. You don't complain about your own problem, your arthritis, your bank account, your situation. When you walk in love, you ask other people, "How are you doing? How is your family? How is your condition? I'll pray for you. I love you. What? Anything I can help you. This is the reality of life. Everybody has a problem. Everybody faces some problem. So if you see people and you talk about your problem, eventually your friend and your kids and your grandkids will not want to be around you. You know why? Because they already have their own problem. And they don't want to listen to your problem all the time because they already have a lot of burdens for them. So let's practice this way. When we meet our kids and our parents or meet one another, instead of talking about our problem, your own problem, you ask them, how are you doing? Oh, God bless you. Let's talk about positive thing. Don't focus on the negative thing. Because love is not selfish. It's not talking about itself. Love does not... Seek its own, but seek another's benefit. When you meet people, right away you think, what can I bless you today? What can I encourage you today? Instead of what you can do for me. Philippians chapter 2, 22, 22. Paul wrote, For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. Everyone say, care for your state not for his own state, okay? For all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. Paul was talking about Timothy. But you know his proven character, that as a son with his father, he served with me in the gospel. Paul said that the people in the world seek their own. Should we be like people in the world? No. We are the citizens of heaven. And as a citizen of heaven, we walk in love. Love does not seek its own. We should not seek our own benefit. The love of God in us will move us to think about other people's benefit, to talk about other people's well-being, to pray for their well-being. If we walk in selfishness, we're going to sit around thinking about ourselves all day long. We're going to sit around thinking about what we want, what other people can do for me, what I don't want, I don't have, what I can gain from other people. Self-centeredness will ruin our peace, will steal our joy and mess our life up. Therefore, don't walk in self-centeredness and selfishness, but walk in love. And when you walk in love, this is going to happen. And that is my experience. When you walk in love, you think, what can I do for other people? Then you turn around to God and say, God, strengthen me, anoint me, bless me, prosper me, that I can be strong enough to go help other people, so that I have the surplus to go and help other people, so that I will have the anointing to bless other people. This morning when I was standing here to worship the Lord, and this is serious, I cry now to God, I pray to God, God, I am glad you make me a doctor, but I will not practice neurosurgery forever. And I hate to see people sick. Sickness is my big enemy. I don't like sickness, it's from hell. And Lord, you have already anointed me to be pastor, to be preacher, to have the file of God, to have the word of wisdom, to have many gifts. But can I ask for three more gifts? I like a lot. Can I ask for three more gifts? But not for me. I would like to have these three more gifts for others. Because I travel all over the world and I have seen people suffer. The first gift I want to have, the gift of healing. I don't consider that I have the gift of healing. Two, uh, the gift of faith. Three, the gift of miracle working power. I want to travel all over the world to get people out of the wheelchair, to see the blind eyes open. I want to do like Jesus. God, can I ask you to give me more so that I can go out to help other people. That's how God going to give you God give you more gifts, more money, more strength, not so that you will live selfishly, but God give you more so that you can go out to be His hand, His mouth, His eyes to help other people and you yourself will enjoy as well because the Holy Spirit will work through you. Amen? Should we live that way? Live the life of faith and live the life of love. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 15 to 18. This you know that all those in Asia have turned away from me, among whom are featureless and homogeneous. The Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he arrived in Rome, he sought me out. Very zealously, everyone say, he sought. he sought. This man was seeking, Paul, hard, fervently, earnestly, and found me. The Lord grant to him that he may find mercy from the Lord in that day. In other words, because this man lived a life of seeking other people's benefit, the Lord gave him more grace. That's what I'm talking about. I want to go out to help other people. God is going to give me more grace to be able to do the job. And you know very well how many ways he ministered to me at Ephesus. This situation happened to Paul. Paul was an anointed man. He was a spiritual, not carnal, godly, and very close to God. He was a very spiritual man. He was used by God and his apostle to go out and preach the gospel, save many souls, making disciples, planting many churches, so many spiritual children under his care. But he faced a situation when many people and many times quit on him. They criticize him. They find his weaknesses or they love the world. Some people quit and walk away from his ministry, and did not care about him anymore. Before I go on, I would like to encourage you one thing. Don't quit on God when you see people's weaknesses and mistakes. God never fail you. God never makes mistake, and he will never, and he has never made mistake. And this is a real situation in life. You, as a Christian, you find a church, You talk to God, and God says, this is your church. You stay there, become a member, serve, get involved, and do the best to seek other people's benefit, to really bless other people. You root yourself in a local church. And definitely, you're going to find mistakes and faults and weaknesses with the ministry team and pastor and leaders. Why? Because all the pastors and ministers are human beings you will never find even one minister in the world that is not a human. (laughs) There is no robot minister. Ministers are human. So they're going to make some mistake. And they don't know everything. I don't know everything either. And when you see that, don't criticize and don't judge and leave. You need to make sure that God wants you to be there first. And when you see the weakness... Instead of judging, you go and help and lift up the arm and come in to fill the weak spot in his life. Instead of judging and walk away from the church. Believe me, I have weaknesses too. And I have made mistakes and I believe that you forgive me when this church make mistake and don't know everything. You should have that kind of attitude. No human leaders are perfect. We all make mistakes. Amen? Because these people find mistakes with Paul, they left Paul. But thank God, God worked in the heart of a man and his household. This man named Onesiphorus. Many people left Paul, but in contrast, Onesiphorus often refreshed and encouraged the Apostle Paul. He was not a chain of the gospel. He was not a chain of the chain of Apostle Paul. He went to Rome and sought him out. Let me read from NIV. On the contrary, he was in Rome. He searched hard for me until... We are talking about seek. Go out and look for. This man, Onesiphorus, was seeking Paul until he found Paul. Love seeks not its own, but love seeks to benefit other people. Onesiphorus woke up in the morning. The Holy Spirit kept working on him, kept bringing the face of Paul into his spiritual eyes, and he could not get away from this prompting of the Holy Spirit. Eventually, he said, okay, I'm going to get up, load up my donkey. I'm going to go to Rome. And when he went to Rome, he had to stay in the strange places. He had to eat strange food. He has to go around looking. He even get money from his bank account ready to bless Paul. He was looking for Paul, searching. And when he met Paul, he said, Paul, I know that you are my spiritual father. You are a man of God. A lot of people think that you are nuts and you are crazy that you preach without compromise and you lay hand and you move in the fire of God and a lot of people left you, they thought that you're crazy, you're nuts and you got in jail. I'm not a shame of you. I believe in your ministry. I believe in you and I believe God is using you. I'm not a shame of your chain. And I am come here to encourage you. I come here with love. I come here with faith. I come here with supplies to help you. This is what happened. This man is a good example of a believer who was seeking, not his own, but he was seeking to bless another person. My brother and sister, we all should be in the business of God, the business of love. The devil is on the search for a destroying mission but we should be on the search for the rescue mission, on the blessing and helping and loving mission. How are we going to do this? We do this by listening to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will promise, will bring somebody's face into our eyes. He will speak to us the name of certain people. And we should respond to the Holy Spirit the same way Osinophorus responded. Don't do this way. This is not what Osinophorus did. Sometimes you may say this to God. Oh God, you told me to call that person or to visit that person. I call but the phone is busy. And I call him about one and a half years ago. And I call one time and I don't want to waste time anymore. If he doesn't answer the phone one time, it's done. That is not seeking. That is not searching hard and fervently and diligently. If you call one time, the person doesn't pick up the phone, what should you do? Call again, email, go to their house. You search, you seek. Amen. Not only that, when I talk about not seeking your own, but seeking other people benefit, I'm not talking about sticking our nose into everyone else's business. It doesn't mean that you go everywhere and what are you doing? What are you doing? What happened to your girlfriend? What happened to your boyfriend? How do you spend your money? I don't mean that way. Okay? Number three. When we talk about not seeking our own, but seeking other people benefit, I'm not trying to say that we are the healer and the provider and the helper of everyone on the planet Earth. We are not the answer to everybody. We have limited Money, resource, penny, strength, anointing. Therefore, we cannot help everybody on earth. Many people on earth have problems, but we cannot help everybody. How do we do that? How can we go out, search, and seek to help people? I'm glad that right now God doesn't send me to many countries because I cannot handle it. At least God used me in Europe and Thailand. Thank God. I cannot be the answer for every country in the whole world. I have limited time and energy. How? We need to know how to be led by the Holy Spirit. We must be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. We should be directed by Him. We should pray, Holy Spirit, could you please direct my step? Please show me who need help, that you call me to help. Because sometimes God calls other people to help the other person. God, show me. I have a desire to be used by you. Give me more spiritual gift. Give me insight and understanding and the wisdom of God that I will know when and how and where and who that I should get involved and seek and find and help. We should live our life that way. The life that is led by the Spirit of God. And when the Spirit of God tells us who to help, don't give excuse to say no. You know why we should not give excuse when the Holy Spirit asks us to help somebody or a group of people or or whatever church we need to help. Because in your natural eyes, you may notice that that person don't need help. When you walk by faith, you present your request to God. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Do not be anxious about anything, But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to the pastor. Is that right? To brother and sister who sit close to you? No. To who? To God. People who walk by faith will bring their request to God. They will not put pressure on other human beings to help them. They will not come into the prayer meeting and pray out loud, Father, I need a thousand dollars. Please work in the heart of some brother and sister in this room right now. Maybe John. To write a check for me. I don't say last name. Some John. To write the check for me right now. I need help. And everyone heard that prayer. Oh, my name is John too. Maybe five John in that room. So five John will write $1,000 check so he got $5,000. You see my point? When you walk by faith, you bring the request to God. You don't bring the request to humans. So other human beings may not even know your needs at all. Because your request is secret to God. Amen? But when you walk by love, you're not seeking your own. You seek to help other people. You rely on God when you walk by faith. And when you walk in love, you look to help other people. Not for yourself. Not get your eyes on anything of any person that you like. That's why Ten Commandments say, don't covet other people's things. You put your eyes on God, not on material, because God can give you a better one. You don't put pressure on anybody to give you anything, and don't even force God to use somebody. Let God make a choice to use whoever He wants to use. Don't pray to God this way. God, could you please talk to Susan? That Susan going to help me. No. Let God pick who he wants to use. Don't force God to pick somebody. It's not your business to pick for God. Let God pick the person who can help you. What you need to do, live your life of a life of love. Seek for other people's benefit. On yourself, you walk by faith what you do. Keep sowing Keep looking to God, trusting God, ask Him for what you need, believe that you receive, don't manipulate anybody. This is how I live for a long time now. Sometimes I see the need in the church. I see a big need. I never try to manipulate anybody to come to this church. You don't like this church, it's okay. But I just trust God, and suddenly God sends somebody to help me. God sends somebody to meet my need. In this church. And God picked people, not me. God usually picked the best. Thank God for the best people in this room. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Many years ago, I lost a member who is my kind of technical guy. Helped me with the internet. I suffer because I don't have anyone help me with internet, with the computer. And I just say, God send me somebody to help me. Subtly two persons show up, and these two persons even work faster, better, and harder than the person who left. God sent you the better one all the time. He's a good God. Amen? Amen. You don't need to worry about it. God is your provider. Amen. Amen? Proverbs chapter 29, verse 7, the righteous consider the cause of the poor, but the wicked does not understand such knowledge. If you are righteous, you will be sensitive to God to know what's going on with the needy and the poor and those who need help. But the Bible said the wicked does not want to know. He cares for his own business. The wicked doesn't regard other people's needs and other people's well-being or benefit. We should be the kind of people who say, Holy Spirit, guide me, show me, lead me, Help me to seek and search and find and save and bless and heal and deliver and bless other people, make other people's life better. Holy Spirit, help me be like a good Samaritan. The Jewish man who was injured and lie on the road. Two guys walk by, and the two guys were wicked, like what Proverbs say. They walk by and they pretend not to see the man who was injured on the road. These two guys just walk. Away the other side and ignore. But the good Samaritan, he was a righteous man, he looked at the man and get involved and help. How many people want to be the good Samaritan? God show you the need, you go and help the need. Amen. Love seek not its own, but seek to benefit and bless other people. God may tell us in part of another person's need. And you go and search and seek until you find the whole needs and you can help that person. Let us become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Let the Lord strengthen us, anoint us, bless us financially, help us, use us to the point that we can be ready anytime to go anywhere, to any person, for any problem, that we can be involved and help Whenever He calls us to do. Should we prepare ourselves? Let God bless us to the point that anywhere, anytime, any issue, any person, when the time comes, you are ready to help. Should we live the life that way? That God bless me that I can be the blessing to other people. This kind of practice should happen in the church like a popcorn. Pop, 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 pop everywhere. Sunday, Saturday, Friday, Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Monday, people in the church look at each other, meet and help each other and, and call each other and encourage one another. God may prompt your heart to just make a phone call. God may prompt your heart maybe just to pray for that person, but don't call. Don't get involved too much, just pray. Maybe call, maybe go visit. Maybe even buy grocery and go and help. Or maybe pull out a check and write a check and give to that person. But it has to be prompted by God, not by the manipulation of man. I will not let anybody manipulate me. If people come manipulate me for money, for anything, I will even back off. Because I know that that is the work of the flesh. And I have to listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen? We don't want to practice carnality in the church. We want to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen? Everyone say, God make me strong. God bless me financially. God anoints me with more gifts. Give me strength. Help me to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Give me wisdom to know who, when, where, how I can bless other people. Give me extra finances extra strength that I can be anywhere, anytime, for anybody, in any way that I can help other people. Give me good health, prosperity that I will be your hand to bless people. Give me the love of God. Fill my heart I will be bigger, bigger, bigger in faith in every good thing of heaven because I walk in love. I will not seek my own. I will seek to bless people. I will seek and save that was lost. God used me. To do the ministry of Jesus. Jesus came to seek and save. That was lost. How many people want to live that way? Amen. That should be Christian church. Amen. Give the hand to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, thank you, Lord, for showing us in the Bible the way of love. Love seek not its own. Lord, we want to be like Christ, that we will care for other people's business, for other people's well-being and benefit, Lord. Help us to say no to selfishness, to self-centeredness, to the carnality, to all the things that don't belong to you. Depression, sadness, fear, and doubt, but help us to yield to the Holy Spirit and be sensitive to the Spirit of God to be able to walk in love and by faith. Help us to be people of faith, Lord, that will trust you and we can walk out to show love to people, Lord. Lord, we love you so much and we want to obey your command that is to love one another as you have loved us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Before I pray for people, this Sunday is a time of prayer. Next Sunday will be lunchtime. I would like to ask if you have been born again yet or have you truly walked with Jesus. Sometimes you think that you live in America and you go to church with your dad, your mom, and you think that you are a Christian because you go to church. You may not be. Because being a Christian means to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Repent of your sin and accept Him as your Lord and Savior. Walk with Him. If you want to do that, I'd like to ask you to pray with me. The Bible says, salvation comes when you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. You need to speak to God. Confess with your mouth that He is your Lord and your Savior and He was raised from the dead on the third day. I want to encourage you to confess with your mouth out loud to God that He is your Savior and you repent of your sin. If you want to do that, just pray with me. Follow my prayer. Father in heaven, I turn to you. I turn my back to sin and to Satan I want to be born again I want to be your child Lord Jesus you are my Lord and Savior you died on the cross to pay for my sin to give me life and give it more abundantly I repent of my sin Lord Forgive me and come to me. Live on the inside of me. Sit on the throne of my life. From now on, I will serve you. I will walk with you, Jesus. I believe my name is recorded in the book of life. And from today on, You will give me a new spirit, a new heart that I can serve you by love and faith. Thank you, Lord, for accepting me. Thank you for your unconditional love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus let me say one thing quickly before I pray if you can go back to 2000 years ago what I'm doing right now is exactly what Jesus did and what Paul did Jesus touched people a lot he lay hand a lot the laying on of hand are for many purposes such as number one to bless I lay hand on my kids to bless them husband lay hand on the wife to bless the wife. The wife lay hand on the husband to bless, to impart the blessing of heaven into people's life. When Aaron raised his hand and blessed the children of Israel, laying on of hand is the way to bless. Two, the laying on of hand is used for healing. God used hand, lay hand to heal. Three, to impart the spiritual gift or the anointing or the Holy Spirit into people's life four is for ordination when you ordain some leaders you lay hand to impart the grace to that person to do the job for example two sisters gonna go to China to go to China in April I lay hand on them to impart the grace so that when they go there to preach the gospel there even the the small woman they're gonna go with the power of the Holy Spirit amen. amen our pastor in Germany is a small lady this size she lay hand on German people German men they all follow the power because she has the anointing you see my point she got lay hand by me she go out and lay hand on people that's how God works laying on of hand is not just for that but It's to send them commission people to send out for the mission that's what happened five kinds of laying on of hand so when you come out here to be prayed for you need to understand this is not a religious ceremony this is not just a ritual thing this is spiritual it's about God is using the hand of a man your leader to impart something from heaven not me I'm not doing anything to you it's from heaven into you maybe wisdom maybe faith Maybe healing, grace, anointing, spiritual gift, healing. Whatever you need in your life, God knows you need more than you. Period. He knows what you need more than you. So He can impart. So if you don't practice the laying on of hand, we are stealing the blessing from people in the church. This is the ABC in the Bible. Hebrews chapter 6 says, this is an elementary doctrine. Repentance. Faith, baptism, and the laying on of hand and the eternal judgment. So laying on of hand is A, B, C in the local church, but I don't know why many churches don't do it. It's A, B, C. I'd rather follow the Bible, not man's tradition. Amen? So if I don't lay hand on members, I don't love you. I love you. So when you come out, just come by faith and God say, God, God, Today you're going to give something to me by faith. It's not pass aloud. It's Jesus imparting something. Maybe the laying on of hand today may save you because you may have some cancer cell in your body right now. And God by His mercy because you humble. You know, when you walk out to the altar call, it's about humility. Why people fall? Humility. You humble yourself. God say, God gives grace to the humble you walk, walk out to show God I need to help I humble myself could you please help me could you please do something in my life it's about humility how many people want God's grace I want God's grace so I would do anything to get God's grace and one way to get God's grace is to be humble you, you don't know everything you cannot handle everything yourself you need God and God bless you to the laying on of hands Amen. Now you understand why I lay hand on people every other Sunday. Amen. I just want to educate you. Father, today we believe, Lord, those who are hungry, those who want to be changed, those who want to receive good things from heaven, will receive by faith through the laying on of hand today, Lord. We believe what the scriptures say. We believe the principle that Jesus lay hand a lot even Paul, that the apostle, you say in the Bible, Lord, apostles perform miracles through their hands. I believe, Lord, that Peter and Paul and all these apostles lay hands a lot because you say it in the Bible, Lord. So today, may this laying on of hand be the blessing and brings life and salvation and, and healing and grace to your people in this church, Lord. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. If you want to be prayed for, yeah, I will be here for you. Thank you, Jesus. If you have business to do and you need to leave, don't feel bad about it. I understand. Thanks.
2: Find me here. Lord, as you draw me near. Desperate for you. I'm desperate for you. So I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. I want to know you more. I want to know you more. I surrender. I surrender. I want to know you more. I want to know. I surrender. Lord, I surrender. I surrender. I want to know you more. I want to know you more.
0: We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206. 275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To' them all gathered in your name I live to you this new praise song All the wrongs I have ever done have been washed away.